Well, thank you, choir. Go ahead and grab your Bibles. Turn to John's Gospel, John's Gospel, chapter 17. What comes to mind when you hear the phrase, the Lord's Prayer, or what, I guess the better question is, what memories do you have of the Lord's Prayer? You know, for some people, that's how you learn to pray as children. They just kind of learn, you know, that, that little deal, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Or, or maybe, maybe it was sung at your wedding. Uh, you know, they, they, they take that prayer and they make like a four minute song out of it. So, uh, or maybe you've been to a wedding where, where they sang, uh, that, uh, particular song. Uh, for others, when you hear about the Lord's Prayer, it, it takes you back kind of to the locker room, right? And the coach gives this speech. Is, you know, the coach gives the motivational speech and he tells, you know, we're going to go out there and we're going to do this. And, you know, and he kind of gets, you know, before you know it, he's thrown in a couple expertise and he's like, let's just go out there. We're going to go out there and we're going to kill him. And then he goes, all right, Joe, can you lead us in prayer? <laughs> and then we all gather around and go, our father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Some of you have that memory. I mean, I, I remember, you know, uh, we, we kind of, that's kind of what we think about. Uh, we have memories that are, that are conjured up, if you will, at the mention of the Lord's Prayer, you know, Father in heaven, uh, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Uh, lead us not into temptation, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. And we, we, we think about that and, and, and we pray that and we think, hey, that, that's the Lord's Prayer. But the reality is, that's really the model prayer. Because that prayer came about because the disciples come to Jesus. They'd been with him a while, you know, and they'd, you know, they'd get up in the morning, he'd be gone, and they'd, he'd be out in, somewhere in the dark praying. You know, he, he may have stayed out there all night praying. And so they come to Jesus, they said, they said Lord, can you teach us to pray? And so, so Jesus said, okay, this then is how you ought to pray. And then he goes into the Lord's Prayer or what we know as the Lord's Prayer. And so the, the reality is that's really uh, a, a model for us to pray. But there is another prayer. Uh, there is a prayer in John 17. Uh, some call it the high priestly prayer. Uh, I believe it's, it's the Lord's Prayer because it's Jesus praying to the Father on the eve of the crucifixion. I mean, a few hours before he is going to be betrayed by the son of perdition, Jesus gathers these guys around him and he offers up the prayer that, that I, you know, the high priestly prayer or the Lord's prayer found in uh, John 17. And I don't know if you know this or not, but you were in that prayer. If you're a follower of Jesus, if you're a believer in Jesus, then you are in that prayer. And we'll see that in a moment. But here's what I want you to think about. In John 17, 1 through 5, Jesus is praying for himself. And he's just talking about, okay, Father, I want you to glorify me, you know, with the glory we had before the beginning. Then if you pick up in about verse 6, and then you go all the way down through verse 19, in, in my Bible, it's a, it, that's one whole paragraph. There he's praying specifically for the disciples. But when you get to verse 20, he transitions. And in fact, let's just read 20 through 26 of John 17. Here's what Jesus says. 
He says, I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one, even as we are one. I in them, and you in me, that they may may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me, and love them even as you love me. Father, I desire that they also, whom you have given me, may be with me where I am to see my glory that you have given me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, even though the world does not know you, I know you, and these know that you have sent me. I have made known to them your name, and I will continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. Shall we pray together? Father, in these next uh, few minutes as we seek to unpack this text, to to unpack uh, this little passage of Scripture, this great text, if you will, uh, this is the heart of our Lord Jesus. With all that was on His mind, with all the knowledge that He was about to be betrayed into the hands of sinners, He took the time to pray Not just for himself, but for his disciples, but for all of us. And God, as we look into the text this morning, I pray that you would speak out of your word into our hearts and that we might go away with just a new understanding, Lord Jesus, of what you have for us. And so would you you meet with us? I pray that you would anoint the teaching of your word this morning. Lord, I pray that you would bring to mind everything that needs to be said. And Father, that whatever's not relevant to today's message that just that I'll just forget, and I won't say that, but Lord, that I would speak uh, not according to men's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit's power. So you come, Father. You speak into our life this morning, and we'll give you the honor, and we'll give you the glory for all you do. And I pray, Father, in the name of my Lord Jesus, uh, Jesus of Nazareth, in his name I pray, amen. Well, I, I, did you see you in there? If you are a follower of Jesus, you could just about insert your name in verse 20. I do not ask for these only, but also for Mike who will believe in me through their word. Uh, The night before he went to Calvary, you were on his mind and I was on his mind. He looked down through the ages and he saw us and he prayed that God would do a good thing, a great thing. In our life. Uh, you know, because it says there, he says, I do not ask for these only. Word, these only, well, that's the disciples. That's, the, that's the, the ones of whom he lost none, save the one of perdition, whom it was predetermined uh, for that to happen. Uh, but he says, for all those who will believe. So Jesus is there uh, praying for us. And, and, and it's just amazing to me that, that on the way to the garden to be betrayed by sinners... On the eve of being crucified for sinners, Jesus had you and me on his heart. And he had you and me on his mind. And so he says, and the interesting thing is, is, is really what he prayed for us. You know, there's a lot of things that he could have prayed for us. And what he prayed is, is the idea of unity. He said, Father, 
Father, I want them to be one as we are one. Now, as, as you know, we're in the middle of a series on the church. We've been talking about our values. Uh, we've been talking about uh, those, those that are core values. We've been talking about some of those things that, that they're, they're aspired values. We're, they're, they're, they're what we want to be. Uh, and we talked about living on mission. We've talked about living in community. We've talked about making disciples and excellence. And, and uh, you know, last week we talked about generosity and how good it is to be generous. And, uh, you know, we talked about how, you know, the football game. And, and um, are, are there any Clemson Tiger fans here? Is there a Clemson fan in the house? They were, they, they can appreciate, there you go, they can appreciate generosity. Hey, y'all did, y'all beat Ames High School? Oh, no, Iowa State, Iowa State, okay, good. <laughs> Uh, well, good for you guys. Hey, our day's coming next Saturday. Just, just, I, I know that, you know, I, I'll be up here. Yeah. Uh, so, but, but anyway, they, they received the gift. You know, generosity is a beautiful thing. And, and we've been talking about that. Uh, but, but some of these values are core that that's who we are, but some of them, man, it's, it's, it's not who we are yet, but it's who we want to be. Now, when we talk about unity, if you've been around church life very many years. Uh, in some churches, n- not ours, of course, but in some churches, unity is a value we aspire to. We're not there yet. You know, they, they, they don't all get along. Uh, in fact, I was, uh, somebody, somebody asked where, when did Baptists, when did the Baptist denomination begin? And his buddy said, oh, the Baptist denomination, it began with John the Baptist. And he says, no, he says, that's not right. He said, what do you mean that's not right? It's John the Baptist. He says, no, no. The, the Baptist denomination began with Abraham and Lot because Abraham said, you go your way and I'll go mine. And, and a, lot of, uh, a lot of people in Baptist life, they say, I want to go my way and you go your way. Well, listen, Jesus said, no, no. What I want is I want all of y'all to come and go my way. And so we talk about unity uh, Dr. James Merritt, uh, former president of the Southern Baptist Convention, he said this. He said, when I speak about unity, let me make it plain. I'm not talking about union because union is when you're bonded with someone with whom you may not agree at all. You know, you, you've had those moments in your marriage where you were in union, but you were not necessarily in agreement. Anybody, can I, can I get a witness? Anybody? Yeah. Uh, so, so we're not talking about union. We're not talking about uniformity because in uniformity, everybody looks alike, acts alike, uh, kind of talks alike. You know, I mean, they're just, uh, you know, it's like synchronized swimming in the Olympics. They all do the same thing all the time. Well, that, we're not talking about uniformity. Um, and we're not talking about unanimity. And that's where, that's where everybody always agrees on everything. God does not expect us to be an absolute union. He does not expect us to be in absolute uniformity. He, he made different. He likes different. God does not expect us to, to always be in un, unanimity, but he does demand that we possess unity. I mean, he, he, he does demand that we be together. Merritt says it, he defines it this way. He says, unity is a oneness of heart, a similarity of purpose, and this is critical, and an agreement on truth. So just think about that word truth, because I'm going to come back to that in a moment. But, uh, but unity is when God's people come together with one heart uh, to advance the kingdom of God by leading people into a growing, 
vibrant relationship to Jesus Christ. Now, that will only happen if we work together. That will only happen if we agree to be together. Uh, Remember Ben Franklin, Benjamin Franklin, uh, at the signing of the Declaration, here's what he said. He said, gentlemen, now we must all hang together or most assuredly we will all hang separately. In other words, if we don't get together, if we don't hang together as one, then we're going to get out there and we're going to hang separately. And listen, as a church, if we ever needed to hang together, today is the day. Uh, in, in our generation that we need to be together. Now, if you, if you carefully analyze our text, Jesus had an, there, he had an objective for unity. I mean, the un, if you think about this, the unity is the what and the objective is the why. Now, a lot of times in communication, they'll say, well, you need to tell people why before you tell them what. Well, this morning we're going to swap that around. I, I want us to talk about the what. And then we're going to close, or we're going to end our, our time together by talking about the why or the objective. And so, but we need to lay a little groundwork before we can talk about the objective. So just think about this. Jesus is always about the gospel. He's always about the good news. And so as we think about unity as a value, something we aspire to as a church and as a body, as a fellowship, we've got to think about the gospel. And so I got three thoughts this morning. First of all, I want us to think about unity in the gospel. There is unity in the gospel. Often in our culture, when you hear about unity, it's the idea is why can't everybody just get along? And what they want to do is lump everybody together and, and put everybody in a group. And, and what our world wants to happen is they want believers to come into a group and to check their convictions at the door. If y'all can give me that first slide. Have you seen this bumper sticker? If you've driven around Austin, uh, anybody seen that? Have you recognized that? You might see one of them around Wimberley. You never can tell. Um, but, but I want to talk about that for a minute because, because the culture says we should all coexist. Now, just think about this for a minute. You, you got the crescent of Islam. They believe no God but Allah. And that everyone else is an infidel. And then you got the peace symbol. Now, some of these, you might see the, 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 uh, sat- the Wiccan pentagram or the satanic pentagram. You may see that. This is uh, the peace symbol. I, I don't especially like this. I, at some point, someone said that's a upside-down broken cross. And I, I don't know if there's any truth to that, but I, I've just never especially liked that symbol uh, then the E stand here is probably uh, talks about equality, and it's a reference to the uh, the agenda in our culture. You know, the LGBTQ, and uh, I don't know how many letters they have now. They they, they add them uh, pretty often. But the, but the idea is that, that you know that that, that, we're all, that we worship that 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 ideology. Now, in some of these stickers, you might see. Uh, E as in E equal MC squared, and it's kind of a reference to, to science. Then you have the Star of David, which is a reference to Judaism. Uh, I don't know what you call the little I symbol, but it does have the little pentagram. Uh, some would say this is probably a reference to Hinduism and, and New Ageism. Uh, I think the next one is the Chinese yin-yang, yin-yang kind of deal. And, and so you got, and then we got the cross. And what they want us to do is to try to, Try to take the cross and, and, and mix it with everything else and just say, hey, there's unity and diversity and we need to all get along. 
But I'm, but I'm here to tell you, the only way to have true unity is it's got to be around the truth. And Jesus is the way and the truth. Right? The gospel is the truth. If you look up and we didn't read these verses, but let's pick up about verse 15. Listen to what he says. Or verse 14, I have given them your word and the world has hated them because they are not of this world, just as I am not of this world. Do you recognize that? That's why people hate the cross and the gospel. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in what? In the truth. Your word is truth. And for their sake, I consecrate myself that they also may be sanctified in truth. Now, I want to tell you that if we're going to have unity, unity has to be in the gospel. And the gospel is the truth because the gospel is the good news of Jesus. There's no other truth but God's truth. And so if, if we're going to, if we're going to have unity, it's got to be around the gospel of Jesus Christ. So we, now we need to love people. We should love people. But we cannot check our convictions and come together and say, hey, let's just all get together and, you know, let's all worship together and all celebrate together. Listen, I, there, I can only worship the, the God of the universe, the one true God whose son is Jesus Christ. That, that's the only God to worship. And so we can't come together. So, so we've got to have unity in the gospel. Go ahead and take that down because it, I don't especially like it. I just wanted to show you that. But, but I want you to think about this. Um, what, what we need to, to keep in mind is even in the context of church, even in the context of church, the prophet Amos said in Amos 3.3, 3, how can two walk together unless they be agreed? See, there are churches you know, that are in name only. They don't, they don't have a high standard. They don't have a high view of Scripture. They don't have a high view of Jesus. We, we got group, we got, we got ministry alliances where people get together and, I mean, you get the Unity Church and, you know, and they don't believe in anything or they believe in everything. Well, listen, that, that is, that is contrary to the gospel. I mean, there's just certain things that, that, listen, if we're gonna, if we're gonna have unity, there's just certain things that are, they're unamendable and they are undebatable. I mean, they're gospel essentials. Let me share a couple of them. I mean, we sing, and I don't know if we sing it in this service, Dan, but we, one of the songs we sing in the second service, uh, Christ has died and, uh, Christ is risen and Christ will come again. I mean, the, the gospel, listen, Paul said to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 15, he said, here's what I delivered to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried, and that He was raised again the third day in accordance with the Scriptures. And then He appeared to, to Cephas, or to Peter, and then to the twelve, and then to others, and then to 500, and, he's, and then Paul says, then he appeared to me later as one I had only born. Listen, there's just gospel essentials that if, that if they're not present, there is not unity. Why? Because there is no truth. Let me just give you a couple of them. Obviously, uh, salvation by grace through faith in Christ alone. That is a gospel essential. We cannot have fellowship, true fellowship with someone that... With anyone that doesn't believe that you're saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ alone. Uh, the virgin birth. 
the death, burial, and resurrection, the inerrancy and inspiration of the Bible. And I could go on and on, but you cannot have unity in the gospel if people don't believe in the gospel as revealed in Scripture. Listen, here's the thing. There are people that you and I know that we interact with, we rub shoulders with, we're friends with, but we don't have unity with because we do not have the common bond of the gospel. But on the other hand, you can go to the other side of the planet And you can meet someone that you've never seen before. And you can have unity because of the gospel. The first time we went to India, we kind of went through some different things. But on Sunday, we were traveling from Kota, Rajasthan. We were on our way going toward New Delhi. And and we stopped at this little, in this little village to worship and and, uh, they they gathered in their worship service and and we all kind of gathered around and and, uh, you know, and they began to, to talk and they began to share and they had a testimony time and, you know, and people would get up and they'd share their testimony or they'd take a testimony and people would get up and they'd begin to sing about Jesus. And, you know, you, you may not understand the language, but there was something there. There was a common bond because of the gospel. And, and we, shared, we shared a common Savior and we shared a common communion and so after they did the testimony and share time, uh, they, they celebrated communion. And, uh, you know, they didn't have a bunch of guys get up here and, 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 and bring everybody a cup. They had one cup, one silver cup filled with juice. They had one loaf of bread. And you pulled off the bread and you drank out of that common cup. Why? Because we had unity together in the gospel. We have a common salvation. We have a common Lord Jesus. And so, so we had never met those guys and those ladies, but we had unity because we had a common belief. Now, the beauty of being the American pastor is, is I got to drink first out of the common cup. You know, I was like, thank you, gee, you know, because I mean, what are you going to do? You, you, you're going to do that. Uh, but, but, but I want to listen, if, if we're going to have unity, Unity comes in the gospel, and that is that Christ is King of kings and Lord of lords. And, and you can go anywhere in the world. You find, you find a brother or sister in Christ that believes the same Lord you believe in and has the same relationship you have, and you've got something. And you can walk across the street in your neighborhood with somebody that doesn't believe like you believe, and you can be friends and you can be nice, but you don't have unity because you don't have this common Redeemer. You don't have a common salvation. And so, so there is unity in, in the gospel. Secondly, the second thought, not only unity in the gospel, but I want to think for a moment about the unity of the gospel. Look there down in verse 21. Well, let me read 20 for the context. I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us. And so there is a... There is a unity in the gospel. The idea, the thought there is that, that, that everybody's one just as the Father is in Jesus and Jesus is in the Father, that we're also in Jesus and in the Father and, the, and Jesus is in us and the Father's in Jesus. And so there's this idea that, that there is un, the unity of the gospel. Now, the thought here that, that I want to communicate is that, is that in the gospel, man, we're... We're the same. There's a unity, unity that comes because of the gospel that makes everybody equal. Here's what I mean. Galatians chapter 3. Let me get over there. It's probably going to come up on the screen. But Galatians chapter 3, listen beginning in verse 
uh, 27. Listen to what Paul writes. He said, for as many of you were baptized into Christ Jesus, have put on Christ. Listen to this. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is no male and female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. And so we think about this. Paul says there's neither Jew nor Greek. And, and if, if you understood that culture, you'd go, are you kidding me? They were at odds. Remember, remember when Jesus went down uh, through Samaria and he said to his disciples, he says, I must need. He said, I've got to go through Samaria. And, and they thought he was nuts because the Jew didn't go through Samaria. A Jew would cross the river walk miles out of the way and cross the river just to avoid coming into contact with a Samaritan half-breed. I mean, they, they, they wouldn't touch. They wouldn't talk. And so they were astounded that Jesus would do that. Why? But, 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 and, then, and then Paul says, listen, in, in Christ, we're all equal. I mean, we're, we're brother and sister. So there, there's, there's no Jew or Greek. Then he says, man, slave or free. I mean, can you imagine? It was so hard in that culture because you had, you had people of power, you had people of money, and you had people of influence. And then you had this guy over here. He was a slave. In fact, this guy owned slaves, and this guy was a slave. And Paul says that the, in the gospel, you're together, you're equal. And then he talked about there's no male and female. I mean, the audacity of Jesus. He didn't just talk to a Samaritan. She was a woman. How dare him speak to a woman in public? Why? Because at the go- in the gospel, man, the ground is level at the foot of the cross. Okay, so there is a unity that comes from the gospel. Or maybe, a, maybe better than unity of the gospel... Unity around the gospel. There's just, there are no degrees. There, there are no degrees of acceptance. There, there's no pecking order. Everybody's equal. I, I heard a great analogy of this week. Think about this. When, when you go to eat Thanksgiving with your family, when, when you go to eat Thanksgiving dinner, is there a pecking order? I mean, does the guy with the most money get to sit here and then the guy with the next most and the guy that lost his job, well, he, he's done here. Do, do, do we line everybody up in the family and, and set them in a certain order? Uh, heavens no, at least I hope no is the answer. Why? Because when your family, when your family, everybody gathers around the table together. Why? Because we're equal. And so there is an equality around, there is unity uh, around the gospel. And so uh, even though we might differ about some things in the family, we differ about things sometimes in the, in the church family, we still have unity around uh, the gospel. You know, I mean, I mean, you know, there have been occasions where people differed in worship style, not here, of course, but there have been occasions where people differed in worship style, uh, so much so that there was dissension and even division in the church over what kind of music they sang. 
or over how people dressed or, or maybe what the preacher wore. I mean, are you kidding me? I mean, do you know, I mean, can you imagine? Just think about this. Imagine that we're going to, people are going to stand before God one day and God's going to say, why did you leave the, this church and, and go to that church? Or why did you leave the church and stop going to the church? And they're going to go, well, I didn't like the kind of music they sang. Or, well, I didn't like the way the preacher dressed. Or I didn't like the way my Sunday school did. You know, really? Are, 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 are we serious? Because there are people that, man, they have, they have, Divided over lesser issues than that. I went to work. My first full-time job was in North Carolina. And I got there. and uh, They had, uh, this was about 1990, 89, 89. Uh, anybody remember the blue, the light blue carpet from the, the late 80s? You know, I mean, it was, it was okay. But uh, the, the, there was a fight about the color of the carpet. Because somebody wanted this color and somebody wanted that color. And I'm just thinking, wow. I mean, the, 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 the night before he was going to be crucified, Jesus prayed that we would have perfect unity. And, and, we're gonna, and, and people are going to fight over the color of the carpet. People are going to fight over the style of music. People are going to fight over how somebody dresses or doesn't dress. Or, or heaven forbid, which translation you use. You, you, you don't use the King James Version? I mean, people honestly, somebody said one time they thought, didn't Jesus speak the King's English? I'm like, no. I came 1,500 years later, right? You know? I mean, it's, 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 it's crazy. But, but we can, we, we've got to be able to, we got to be able to differ and still have unity because there's unity around the gospel. Man, it's possible, it's possible to disagree. And still have unity uh, around uh, the gospel. And, and here's the thing. This is, I don't know if this is easy for you, but sometimes it's easy for me to look at somebody and, and kind of be, you know, if they're different, or they, they, they have a different philosophy of ministry or different, you know, it's easy to, to want to be critical, right? To say, well, well, you know what I'm talking about, right? Here's what I thought about. Look, look down in verse. Uh, look down in verse 22. Before we before we criticize the Sunday school lesson, or the way that person dressed that did something, or how they sang, or whatever it is. Before I criticize somebody for how they do, listen. Look down at verse 22. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one, even as we are one. When, when, when we're critical of a brother or sister, we're critical of someone that is carrying around the glory of Jesus. And before I criticize or before you criticize or before we throw a stone at, we need to understand that, that Jesus died on a cross. He was killed on a cross to die for that brother or sister. And so we better be careful what we take odds about because that person that we may disagree with or differ with, they're carrying around the glory of the Lord Jesus. And, 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 and so we should guard ourselves. 
we should guard ourselves. And, and then there's this idea of, of, of distinction. Not only do we differ, not only might we disagree, but it's possible also to be distinct. Unity is not uniformity. I mean, it's, it's not. I mean, uh, I mean, there could be differences in the body uh, without sacrificing the unity of the body. You know, guys, some guys can, uh, some guys like Southern gospel, some guys like contemporary, so, some guys like rap. Can you believe it? You know, I can't, but they carry around the glory of Jesus, and Jesus died for them. You know, some guys will, you know, uh, I've been on vacation, I've gone to the barefoot church, you know, and I didn't go barefoot, you know, but they didn't dress like I dress. Heaven, how, how, you know, we just need to, listen, it's possible, it's, it's possible for people to be different. There, there's, it's possible to be to have distinctions in the body of Christ. It's possible to have distinction in the family. We don't have to look alike. We don't have to talk alike. We don't have to sound alike. Uh, we don't. Have, we don't even have to act alike. I mean, think, look at a football team. I mean, my stars, man. You, you got tall and short. You got big and small. You got fast and slow. You got runners and blockers. You got throwers and catchers. You got white and black, and, and probably any number of shades in between. If you go to upward, you got male and female. And some of the females can play. You should go watch. I mean, and so you've got all this different. Listen, they're different in, in shape. They're different in form. They're different in distinction. But you know what? They all have a common goal, and that is to win. God's put in the body of Christ. Now, we are a pretty homogeneous looking group compared to some, but God's put in the body of Christ all kinds, all kinds. But we have a common objective. Remember I talked about the objective? You know, the what is, there's unity in the truth of the gospel. There's unity around the gospel. But number three, the objective is there is unity for the gospel. And that God put all us in there and he put us all different. And, and I want you to look there and I'm going I'm to show you two verses and we'll keep coming back to these. But look at the end of verse 21. That they may be, may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us. And then look at verse 23. I in them and you in me, that they may be perfectly one. Now, why would God do that? There's two purpose statements. There's the one here in the middle of verse 23. So that the world may know that you sent me and loved him. And then uh, in the middle of verse 21, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Does anybody remember uh, this billboard? Can we get that billboard up here? Any, anybody remember that one? Okay. Anybody, anybody remember seeing those? All right. Show the next one. Anybody remember this one? Uh, maybe one more. We got one more. Um, all right. So, so stick with me a bit. Now I got a list, man. There's here, here's some other ones. You probably, you may have seen come on over and bring the kids God or what part of thou shalt not. Do you not understand? And, uh, love the wedding, invite me to the marriage, sign God. And, and so, but these come out about, I think it was in 1999 or 2000, sometime along there. I think they originated down in Fort Lauderdale. But, but, but just think with me. People think, oh man, that's, that's kind of cute. Somebody put up a sign so that the people would know that God is God and that God exists. And, and so, uh, this one, well, you asked for a sign. Well, here, here's what I want us to understand this morning. While those are cute and, and kind of neat, that's not how the God, that's not how God planned for the world 
to know him. God's idea of revealing himself is not to put up a billboard. Now, there's nothing wrong with putting up a billboard. I'm not opposed to that at all. But, but Jesus said, Father, I, I pray that they would be one as we are one so that the world may know that you sent me down here. Father, I, I, I pray that they may be perfectly one. Now, imagine, could you imagine a Baptist church being perfectly one. But Jesus' prayer is that we would be perfectly one. Why? So we can all get along. No. So the world on the outside looking to the inside would know that, hey, something's different about them. Jesus must be real. And so people don't need a billboard. We should be a signboard. And we should say to the world, because of our unity, because of our love for one another, because of our compassion for one another, because of our concern for one another, we should be a signboard for the gospel because we love our brothers. Now, here's what that means, and this is huge. When we go outside the walls of the church, our attitudes and our actions reflect tremendously on how people not just view our church, but when people see our attitudes in action, it reflects their view of the kingdom. So what you talk about at the lunch table and who you talk about at the lunch table today, people are listening. I, I, I don't know that I'll ever forget this. We went to... Uh, 1999, we went to Purpose Driven Church Conference at Saddleback in, in uh, California, and we had the conference all week. We were going to stay over and visit a few days. The conference ended uh, Friday afternoon, so we kind of hung around Southern California on Saturday. I think we went out to Palm Springs or something. And, and uh, Saturday, we were going to go to church Sunday morning and then drive up to, uh, to see the big trees and different stuff. Well, Saturday night, we go out to eat, and we're sitting there eating and at the table next to us was a group of people that had been to the worship service at Saddleback. And this lady was dogging on the message. You know, about how this was wrong and this was wrong and this was, you know, I don't remember all it was. I just, you know, because, I mean, I mean, Rick Warren's not perfect, but, man, they reached a lot of people for Jesus. A whole lot of people for Jesus. And I'm just thinking, okay, here I am. I mean, I'm a, I'm a church guy. But, but what, if, what if the people at the table next to them was trying to decide, is Jesus the deal or not? And then here's somebody out of the body tearing down somebody in the body. See, God's called us to unity for the gospel. Look again at verse 23, and we've got to wrap up, but look again at verse 23. This is, I and them and you and me that they may be perfectly one so the world may know that you sent me. Now look at this. So the world may know that you sent me and loved them. See, if people are going to know that, Je that God sent Jesus, if people are going to know that God loves them, they've got to see that in us. 
They've got to look at that in us. And so before I, or before you, before we say what we're tempted to say, maybe we should take a breath and go, is what I'm about to do going to honor the Lord Jesus? I, I, I heard this, uh, I was listening to this uh, leadership podcast the other day. And I can't even, uh, the guy referenced the former CEO of Coke. I can't remember the guy's name, the guy from Coke. But somebody asked him what, what, what a successful day for him was. And he says, a successful day for me is at the end of the day, I want to I, I ask myself, did I do anything today to polish the brand of Coca-Cola? That's what he wanted. Did I do anything today to polish the brand of Coca-Cola? Now, here's what we need to ask. When we go out there and people look at who we are and what we do, are we polishing the brand or are we polishing the name of Jesus? That's why he said in John 13, 34 and 35, a new command I give you that you love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples. What? If you love one another. And so unity, listen, listen, unity around the gospel is how we polish the brand. That's how we help make the name of Jesus famous. Now, two questions, we're done. Got a billboard sign here. I made this one. I couldn't find this on a billboard. Um, Will the road you're on get you to my place? God. Will the road you're on today, the road you're traveling, will it get you to God? Are you born again? Not are you a good boy, good girl, good church guy, Sunday school man, give an offering, Hope you do all of that. But Jesus Christ is Lord. Have you come to faith in Jesus? Is the road you're on going to get you to God? Second question. Will the road you're on get them to God? See, what, what, how we treat one another and what we do to one another either points people to Jesus or points them away. And so Jesus said, Father, Father, I pray that they would be one, perfectly one, so that the world will know. Let's pray.